0: I don't intend to be lengthy today, but I do intend to preach the Word of God, and I pray that it gets a hold of your spirit, amen, and not just, not just get a hold of you for a few minutes or an hour, but that it would change your life, that you would leave here a changed person, Amen. Amen. When they went up to the house of God, they left another direction because they didn't want to enter in and leave the same way that they came. And I can tell you today that when I come to church, I don't want to leave the same person that I was when I came to church. Amen. I want to be changed by the power of the Holy Ghost. I want to be transformed. Amen. Amen. Can you say amen? Genesis chapter 32 and verse 24, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. And when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And he said, let me go, for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. And he said unto him, What is thy name? And he said, Jacob. And he said, Thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but Israel. For as a prince, thou hast power with God and with men, and hast prevailed. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee, thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou dost ask after my name? And he blessed him there. And Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, for I have seen God face to face, and my life is preserved. Praise God. Why don't we ask God to help us today? God, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. God, we need you right now in this service, God, to come down and touch your people. Oh, God, you see every soul, the condition of every soul. God, you know the eternalness, God, of the soul, that maybe someone would stand here in the balance today. And be found wanting, God. I ask you today, God, to change the direction, the course, the direction of someone's life here today. In the name of Jesus Christ, I praise you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Can you love the Lord today? Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus, Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Amen. you can be seated. Amen. We are in a time like no other. and uh, I, I just want to I want to preach to you today amen, but more uh, reach for your soul. Amen, because the soul. Of every person that is here today, the spirit of every person, amen, that is here today is answering a call. Amen. I said you're answering a call. And uh, you must know that when you are finished meeting with God in this place today, that you have made the right answer to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. The story here today, we read about a young man at this point of life. He may not have been uh, as young as, as what he was when he left home. Uh, we know that it was at least 14 years later, and uh, I'll get to that here in a minute. It could have been longer, uh, but we know it was at least 14 years Uh, We know that when Jacob was born, that Jacob was a twin. He was the youngest of twin boys that were born to Isaac and Rebekah. And these twin boys, when they were born, the Bible says that they were not identical. A man that Esau, his brother's name was Esau. And when Esau was born, he came out red and hairy all over like a... Blanket, and uh, when Jacob was born, the Bible says that uh, he was not the same as Esau, and that he was born grabbing his brother's heel. And uh, now I don't know if that if they were born that simultaneously. Maybe they were, uh, but at some point he must have grabbed Esau's heel a man in the process of that birth. And uh, it must have made an impression upon uh, his mother and father because it was written, it was written down, it was told, the stories were told in that in that part of the Word of God. The Bible uh, was given by, they call it Rote, R-O-T-E. And uh, that means a verbalization, amen, that from generation to generation it was passed down. And unlike unlike our generations today, uh, a lot of times if we don't write something down, we forget it. But it was so important that it was, the Bible says, they would rehearse it in the ears of their children and they would talk to them and the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 6 he says you talk about it amen when you sit in your house when you rise up amen when you walk in the way when you lie down amen and when you uh, every every place you are you need to be talking about this and but somewhere it became the written word of God. And the Bible tells us that the word of God was written for our admonition and that it was written for us, the the people of God. Amen. I want you to know that today you are the people of God. Amen. That God has you in mind and that God had you in mind when this word was written. He had you in mind when he became the man Jesus Christ, and he went to Calvary. Amen. He had you in mind when he prayed in the garden. Amen. He said, not my will, but thy will be done. He said, Father, if it's possible, he said, let this cup pass From me, what was that cup? It was the cup of sin. Uh, Amen. That every person in this world, uh, that Jesus Christ had to drink from that cup, a man who knew no sin. uh, Amen. Yet he prayed for us uh, in the garden. Amen. And so, uh, this story of Jacob and Esau, it was written for our admonition. And uh, we find that this young man Jacob, that really he becomes uh, a man, the focal point of this whole story, uh, that his mother and father, <clears throat> while uh, their story had been written all of a sudden uh, a man the 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 subject matter changed to a young man by the name of Jacob. And and I, I want to ask you today, I feel like the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, is honing in, uh, amen, and is zeroing in on the people of God saying, you know, amen, today can be a day of change. A day can be today, uh, a day of, uh, of reconciliation to God. It can be a day, uh, amen, oh, I'm telling you, amen, everything can change in one day. Uh, and I believe that serving God, it can be for the better, it can be for the good, it can be for deliverance, amen, it can set you free, amen, and uh, we find that this young man, Jacob, that he desired to be the, the one that received the blessing, he wanted the things of God. In the Word of God, it tells us that the oldest child is the one that would receive uh, the birthright. And the oldest child received the blessing. The oldest child received, uh, amen, the inheritance uh, from his father, the the main portion. Uh, Every one of them received a a, a portion, Uh, amen. But the oldest always got the best. He got the most. Uh, And uh, we find that... Esau did not, the Bible says he despised his. Birthright, amen. And it said Jacob wanted what Esau had. Oh, I'm here to reach and to preach for you today. Amen. That you have got to desire the things of God more than anything else. Amen. When you're answering the call of God in your life, it's because you are answering. Amen. That call when God calls you. Have to answer Amen. I said, when God calls, you've got to answer God, and you've got to answer God right. You can't just do it any old way. Cain tried that several generations preceding. Amen, and it did not work for him. But we've got to do it God's way. We've got to answer God's way. Oh, I'm, I don't. I'm not preaching for a response, but I'm preaching for your soul today. That your soul's going to answer to God in the end. And I'm going to make sure that I know how to answer right now and not wait until it's too late to get the answer right. I've got to have the answer in living for God right now. Come on. Hey, man, you've got to get the answer right today. Amen. Yeah, and so uh, we find that this story goes on. The Bible tells us uh, uh, in Genesis, you can turn there with me if you want, and uh, Genesis chapter, I believe it's 31 or 30 here, excuse me, no, it's further back than that, I should have, amen, wrote it down. Genesis, we'll get there, amen, I wasn't going to preach this, but here we are. Genesis chapter 25. And the Bible tells us that after that came his brother out. His hand took hold on Esau's heel. Verse 25. Genesis chapter 25, verse 25. Amen. 26. And then verse 27 said, The boys grew. The story continued on. Amen. Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. Then it tells us that at some point in Jacob's early life that uh, it doesn't fill in the blanks for us entirely, but in verse 29, and Jacob sod pottage. And Esau came from the field when he was sodding this pottage, it's referring to a A bowl of beans. He was uh, uh, cooking some beans. And the Bible says that Esau came from the field and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore his name was called Edom. And Jacob said, sell me this day thy birthright. Amen. One was concerned with just a bowl of beans and the other was concerned with the birthright. Amen. Can I tell you today, it does make a difference on what you're concerned about in your walk with God. Hey, man, it does make a difference. Hey, man, what your concern is. Hey, man, what are you concerned about in living for God? Get concerned about the things of God. And the Bible tells us in verse 33, 32, Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me. And Jacob said, swear to me this day. And he swore unto him and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And really that contract It didn't mean a hill of beans when it came to when dad gave them the blessing. But to Jacob it meant everything because at that point while he may have just been a teenage boy he said his brother now has sold me his birthright and I don't have to be second best anymore. Can I tell you that thank God for Calvary. Amen. Thank God for the Holy Ghost. Thank God that God, give us, uh, amen, the second best the opportunity to live for God. Uh, amen, that us old Gentiles, that way we, we may not be the Jews uh, and they're still the people of God, God, give us a chance. Uh, amen, God, give us that opportunity. you got to seize the moment and seize the opportunity uh, that I'm going to live for God, uh, amen, no matter what it takes. Jacob changed the direction of his life that day because of that decision for him to sell a bowl of beans and his brother to squander a birthright. It was his by the right of being born first the birthright. He had it. In fact, he didn't have to do anything but show up. And he had it made in the shade. But the other one, it wasn't so easy. It wasn't just a walk in the park. But it became an obsession to him. I hope I'm making sense with this today. And I want you to know that living for God, it's a transformation, not just an obsession. But yet we have to understand that in living for God, when we have the opportunity to live for God, we've got to seize that opportunity and say, I'm going to live for God Today, no matter what, no matter who lives for God, hey man, I'm going to live for God. And can I tell you that in the nation of Israel in the Old Testament, there were those that could become proselyte Jews, hey man, and they could join the children of Israel. Can I tell you today, it's the same way. You've got to be born into the kingdom of God, hey man, you're born of the water and the spirit. Can I tell you that when you're born, hey man, you're not second best, you're the apple of God's eye. God said, Hey, hey man, I hey am, I formed you, I knew your name before you were born, and now you have become my sons and daughters, amen. And you've been purchased with my blood. You, you understand, you have to understand something with God. God, not only will He make a way for you, amen, not only will God make an opportunity for you, but He also causes you to become part of a blood family, amen, through the new birth. Amen. God makes a way. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He said, no man comes to the Father but by me. You're not going to do it any other way. You're not going to serve another God and get into heaven. You're going to have to serve Jesus Christ. You're going to have to serve, amen, the one true living God. Amen. But God's going to make sure that you just don't have an opportunity, but he's going to cause you to be born again of the water and of the spirit. Oh, I'm preaching to you today that God will change your life. Your life will be transformed. I'm trying not to get ahead of myself here. And so Jacob, in essence, he stole Esau's birthright. You said, no, he purchased it. I know it. And that was the reason why he went to his father and he deceived him. He knew if he walked in and he said, hey, dad, I bought Esau's birthright for a bowl of beans. His dad would say, son, get out of here. He says, you're not the firstborn and you're not going to come in here and take something that's not yours. And so the Bible tells us he became very deceptive. He took his mother, they killed a, the Bible says, a little goat, a little, a little kid goat. And they skinned that goat out, if you can imagine that. Those people, those people back then, they, uh, they smelled of their trade. They wore it. Amen. If you were a shepherd, you smelled like sheep. If you herded goats, you smelled like a goat. If you were in the field all the time, they didn't smell like dial soap. <laughs> Head and shoulders. Whatever, you, whatever your preference is. When someone walked in the room, they said, man, there's Esau. Where'd he come from? <laughs> Y'all are little. You're all a little quiet here today. And he put put that hair on his arms and put it on the back of his neck. I don't believe he had time to tan it out. I believe it was probably a little bit on the bloody side. They strapped it to his arm somehow. And his dad was blind at that point. And he says, well, you sound like Jacob, but you smell like Esau. He said, let me feel your arms. He says, I know what Esau feels like. He feels a little hairy. And so, man, Jacob stuck his arm out there. And he's like, I think it is Esau. You getting a picture here today? And the whole time, the inside Jacob, I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't believe Jacob was a deceiver, just, just like a, yeah. His 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 name means a and all that. I get it, but I don't believe he relished in deceiving his father. But he wanted that birthright. He wanted to, he wanted to live for God. He said, "You know something, I don't care what anybody else says. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell everybody in here." That in living for God, you can't worry about what anybody else thinks. You say, I'm going to live for God no matter what. And Jacob knew that Esau, his brother. Oh yeah, twins, they slept in the same room together. Maybe they slept in the same bed together. I don't know. Amen. And and they were very close. And, And you know... After a while you you know how somebody feels about God. You know how somebody feels about their walk with God. And Jacob knew that Esau didn't care about his birthright. And he said if that man doesn't care about it, he said I want it. I want that birthright. <laughs> Amen. Not just because, but I want to do. I believe God put it in his spirit. Amen. And so when he stuck his arms out there for his dad to feel because his dad was blind, he wasn't doing it just because he was a deceiver, but he wanted the things of God in his life. Can I tell you, that's what you've got to do. you got to say, no matter what, I'm serving God. No, I'm not telling you go out and lie. Tell a lie to serve God. God. Amen. But whatever you got to do to live for God, make a way. Amen. I said, You make provision, God will help you. Amen. But you just say, God, I'm living for you. I refuse to stop, I refuse to back down. I'm living for God. And after he got that birthright, After he got that birthright, it was like all hell broke loose. I'm not trying to cuss at all. But all of a sudden, he went from being the little brother to the marked brother. He went from being the second in line to the blessing to possessing the blessing that his father had placed upon him even though it was out of deception. How many is with me today? Amen. And so we find that uh, when Esau came with the venison that his dad had desired, and he came in for the blessing and for his dad to eat that venison, his dad said, what? He said, you've already been here. And he said, no, I haven't. He said, I've already given your blessing to another person, it was your brother, Jacob. And he said, the only way, he said, you're going to serve him. He said, the yoke's going to be on your neck. Hey, man, you're going to, the younger, the older was serving, the younger, he said, the only way you can break that yoke off of your neck is if you kill your brother. And so all of a sudden, Jacob went from a blessing to running for his life to running for his life. It seemed like everything he did, he had to. From that point on, there was nothing easy. And he said, I, I have got to make sure that what I'm doing is the right thing. And, and uh, if you go on here, uh, if you turn in your Bibles to uh, 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 Genesis chapter 27, I don't want to get I don't want to spend too much time here, but uh, we find that we find that Jacob, that he was running from Esau, and we find that G, that that Jacob. Verse, chapter 28 and verse 16. It actually starts in verse 10. Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. And he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night. And Because the sun was set, he took the stones of that place. I, I want to stop right here. And before I get too much further, even though he had stolen the birthright, his dad told him, said, okay, since you have the birthright, he said, I'm going to place some responsibility upon you. He says, you won't marry a wife of the Canaanites. He said, you will not worship their gods. And he says, you'll marry a man, a woman that is of your faith, if you please. And he started putting... Amen. Responsibility upon Jacob. Can I tell you is that when God begins changing your life, amen, you just don't live for God any old way, but he starts putting responsibility upon you. And you've got to shoulder that responsibility. Amen. But we find in Genesis chapter 28 and verse 10, it says Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran, and he lighted upon a certain place and tarried there all night because the sun was set and he took of the stones of that place and put them for his pillows and laid down in that place to sleep and he dreamed and behold a ladder set up on earth And the top of it reached to heaven, and behold, the angels of God ascending and descending upon it. He went to sleep a troubled young man. But in the midst of his sleep, God began to deal with him and God began to talk to him and God began to show him saying that you're going to be okay amen that I'm going to make a covenant with you amen that I am going to show you the way that you need to go amen can I preach to you for just a minute before I go on with the story is it when God fills you with the Holy Ghost and he baptizes you in his blood and cleanses you from sin. Amen. That he enters into a covenant with you. Amen. And he tells you that everything's going to be all right. Amen. That if you'll just serve me. Amen. I'm going to show you some things you've never seen before. Oh, amen. It wasn't the end of the story for Jacob. Amen. It wasn't the end of the story for a young man that was troubled because of his decisions. Oh, no. It was a beginning of a life that God wanted him to have. Yeah. Verse 15 he said behold, God told Jacob he said behold I am with you and will keep thee in all places whither thou goest and bring thee again into this land for I will not leave thee until I have done that which I have spoken to thee of. And Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. And he was afraid, and he said, How dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Can I tell you, there's some things that never changes with God. The house of God does not change with God. He's going to bring you to a place and establish the covenant. And it literally becomes the gate or the portal of heaven in your life. And you can never find that anywhere else. You can never, you say, why, do, when I come into this house, why does it feel like a sanctuary? It's because it is a protected place. Why do I feel the presence of God here? We know that God dwelleth not in temples made with hands, but He dwells in us. But when we walk into His house, the place that He has chosen for His people, a man to meet him and to enter into that covenant and to renew the covenant. Can I tell you that when God made covenant with his men in the Old Testament, not only did he make the covenant with them, but there were many times throughout their lives where God reestablished, renewed the covenant. With them, and that's what God does. His God brings us. Oh, yes. There's many times in our walk with God where God says, "Okay." today is a day that I'm going to renew the covenant with you. Can I tell you something is that God never changes. Amen. God will never change his mind. God doesn't change his mind about you. Amen. God does not. I've been preaching this here lately. Amen. God doesn't change his mind. Amen. He doesn't take the Holy Ghost from us. The gift and the calling of God are without repentance. God doesn't change his mind oh I'm preaching to you right now amen that God has come to renew a covenant with you today maybe you've broken some of the covenant with God but God said oh no amen just because amen you've stepped outside of the covenant I haven't changed my mind it's time to enter back into the covenant it's time to get renewed in the covenant with God today So Jacob's life begins to take on form, formation. And in the Old Testament, they believed in the multiplicity of wives. Thank God that we don't believe in that today. And not trying to be funny, it's just that Paul, Peter, they realized that it caused a lot of problems. You'd say amen or owe me. And it's, a, it's something that, and you say, Pastor, are you being, no, I'm not being mean. I'm just telling you, all of you young people sitting on here, when you get married, it's important, and that's why you better pray for the right one. Right. Amen. Yes. We still preach and teach, it's till death do your part. Yes. <clears throat> When people come in out of the world, judgment begins at the house of God. When you walk through them doors, that's where the judgment begins. And so what happened before Christ, leave it under the blood. I said, leave it under the blood. Don't drag it up out of the blood. Leave it under the blood. But all of you, there's requirements of the covenant. Amen. All the rest of you that are too little, you'll be here one day and Pastor Carrick will be pointing a big finger at you saying there's requirements of the covenant. That when you enter into the covenant with your spouse, amen, it's till death do you part. Is it a bad thing? No, it's not a bad thing. Thank God that God put my wife and I together. Amen. Thank God that... Amen, that I found her, amen, a long way away. And better than that, she decided to come join me. Amen. Amen. And, uh, well, I'm not getting on that today because my daughter's too young to get married, so it's, no, it's not a problem right now. I pray, God, Whatever ugly boy decides to marry her. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. God let it be from Hutchison so that she don't have to move. Yeah. No. But Jacob, his life began to take on formation. God began to bless him with children. Pretty soon the Bible tells us he had 12 sons. Pretty soon the Bible tells us after at least 14 years, his father-in-law told him, said, yeah, you can marry Rachel, but you gotta work for seven years. So he worked for seven years. The Bible said it went by so fast he thought it was just a, just a dream. And when he woke up out of that dream, on his morning after his wedding, who was laying there beside him, but her ugly sister Leah. And he said, what in the world happened here? Yeah, read it in your Bible. And his father-in-law said, yeah, I said, it's our custom that the oldest gets married first." So all of a sudden, the reaping or the sowing was being reaped. And someone deceived Jacob. He said, but you know, if you'll work seven more years, he says, I'll just go ahead and give you Rachel now. And they, he started having, and God started blessing him with kids. And they got in competition, and, and, and all of a sudden, he had 12 sons. The Can you imagine having 12 sons? I'm like, I've got two sons, and And uh, and one daughter, and this man had 12 sons. And so maybe he was there for more than 14 years. If you start doing at least nine months a kid. And you can do the math yourself when you get home. But he had 12 sons. 12 sons. And the Bible says that his herds, his cattle, he told his father-in-law, he said, "Okay." He says, uh, "Every spotted calf I'll keep, and every one that looks right you can have. If it looks like a, a white-faced uh, Hereford, you can have it, and and all the all the ones that look spotted and they don't look right, I'll take them." The Bible says he took a he took a branch and he carved grooves in it and he laid it in front of the water trough. And the Bible says every time one of them cows would look on that on that carved up stick she would throw a spotted cow calf and pretty soon all of a sudden Jacob had way more than Laban and Laban says I've been deceived now he got the revelation one day <laughs> and he said hey and you say pastor character why do you preach on revival all the time Why do you preach on being a holy separated people all the time? It's because whatever I put in front of you, whatever you're eating from, that's what you'll do. Amen. Amen. And so you're going to hear me preach it. Amen. You're going to hear me preach the word of God. I'm not going to tell you lies. I'm not going to tell you stories. Amen. I'm going to tell you what it takes to live for God. Amen. I'm not going to be mean about it. Amen. But you know what? When you get the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost will help you embrace it. and so we get all the way to where we started tonight and Jacob he told Laban he said I'm leaving and after he left he gets the word Esau heard Esau heard he said hey Jacob's coming back to town. And Esau got 400 men. And he said, tell him I'm coming to kill him. He hadn't forgot. Jacob hadn't forgot. And Esau hadn't forgot. Back, Back in those days, the reason why they ran off is because if you put enough miles between you and your problem, it was hard for the problem to get to you. Nowadays, Click of the button, and somebody can figure out where you're at. And Jacob, I hope hope the Holy Ghost is connected with you right now. Jacob realized that even though God had been blessing him, and God had showed him that he was his God, And God began to speak to him and tell him, say, you know something, I'm going to enter into covenant with you and and I'm going to bless you and all these things. He realized that the past, the things that he used to deal with were still just a step away from him. Can I tell you that everybody in here that even though God fills you with the Holy Ghost and you get baptized in Jesus, I mean, that you have got to stay in the protection of the hands of God. You've got to fall. You, David, David, this is way off the storyline, but David had numbered the children of Israel, and God said, I'm going to judge you, David. And he says, what do you want? And David refused to choose any of the things that God said he could choose he said, "I'll just put me into the hands of a living God. Put me into your hands, God. And Jacob began to realize that even though God had done all these miracles for him, God had prospered him. God had given him children. God had just thing after thing that God had done for him in his life that he would still have to deal with that thing that was just beyond his doorstep. And it was coming to meet him. I'm preaching to someone here today. That even though God has made promises to you and called you and filled you with the Holy Ghost and done great things, that you're still going to have to deal with those things that you refuse to deal with. You're going to have to say, okay, God, I've got to enter into another covenant with you, I've got to have a blessing. And the Bible tells us that Jacob took his family and he split them. He put half of them over here and half of them over here. And he realized that he wasn't getting away from 400 men. He realized that, and he said, I've got to have, I've got to have help from God. I've got to have God do a miracle and he the bible tells us that he went across the ford jabbok and he began to talk to god and then the bible goes on to tell us that there he wrestled with a man until the break of day and i'll tell you right now that this was a physical i believe that when he began to talk to god that the angel of god showed up on the scene the Bible tells us that he, stand up. The Bible tells us that he got a hold of that angel somehow. I don't know how he had him. I don't know if he had him in a headlock. I don't, you say, well, you can't do that to an angel. The Bible says that he did it, but he had a hold of that angel, and the Bible said he would not let go. And he said, what do you want from me? And he said, I want a blessing that when I leave this place, I know that everything is going to be okay. He said, what are you going to do? And he he just was talking to him, and he said, well, what's your name? And he said, it's Jacob. It's that old thing that I've dealt with for years, that old problem time after time that it seems like it always rears its head up whenever I try to get close to God. It's the same thing over and over, and I've got to have a blessing that it won't destroy me. If I just have a blessing, I know everything's going to be okay. And he said, what's your name? And Jacob had no idea what was fixing to happen. And he told him his name and he says, your name's not going to be Jacob anymore, but it's going to be Israel. And he says, as a prince, you're going to have power with God and with man. And you know what? Jacob went away from that meeting with God. He told his family later, he says, I have seen God face to face. But you know what happened? Is he realized that God had given him a promise. A promise that was not going to go away. A promise that was forever. A promise a promise that was forever. You know what God said in Acts chapter 2 and 39? He says this promise that God is going to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He said it's unto you, to your children, to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And you know something? That day Jacob realized. He realized that that thing that he was going to have to face was not going to destroy him. I want to tell someone here today the thing that you're you're facing right now, if you'll get a hold of God in your life and say, God, I need a blessing from you. I need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. I need a touch from heaven that that thing's not going to destroy you. God's going to give you the victory over it. If we could all stand. I know this has been a little different today. But God knew your prayer before you stepped through the doors of this church. God knew the thoughts, the things that you're facing. And God sent a preacher to tell you today that the battle is not yours, but it's his. And that if you'll give it to God, God will give you the victory over it today. I don't feel like we need music today. I feel like we need voices that would come to this altar and lift your voice, your hands up to God and say, okay, God, I've done some of this my way, but God, now... I've got to have that blessing today, and I will not leave here until you bless me. Is there anybody here that needs that blessing today, that needs that renewing, that needs that of help right now? Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray right now. Come on, church. Oh, come on. Oh, the altar is a place. You know what Jacob did? Is Jacob built an altar. He said, God, I've done a lot of this my way, but today, God, I'm going to build an altar, oh, God. The answer's at the altar. The answer's in a prayer meeting. The answer's in saying, oh, God, here I am. I love you more than anything. Come on, pour your heart out to God. Oh in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, you haven't done too much. There's nothing too hard for God that he can't solve and fix it. Oh, that with the temptation, he'll make a way of escape. Oh, come on, that thing that has you, has you backed into a corner, and you say, okay, God, You're the answer. That God, you're going to bring me through. That God, you're going to give me the victory. Oh, come on, lift your hands and cry out to God Jesus, I need you. Oh, the name of Jesus. Oh, God. Come on. Oh, You're not going to do it with just a simple prayer. It has to be heartfelt. Oh, It has to have some brokenness. It has to have some seriousness behind it. That, God, this isn't something that I'm just going to say with lip service, God, but I'm going to do it with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength, God, that I'll serve you. Oh, the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, oh God. Come on, you need to let the Holy Ghost renew you right now. You need the strength of the Holy Ghost right now, that God, your promises haven't changed. Oh, your word hasn't changed, God. God, help me to change myself, God. Conform to your image, oh God. Oh, the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, come on, cry out to God. I love you, Jesus. Oh, I need you right now, God.